Hello and welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm Ryan Noonan back for Super Wild Card Weekend to talk about the best way and the most profitable way to bet on NFL football. And that is here through Player Props. We are live here 2 p.m. Eastern every Friday on the 444Bets YouTube channel. We are here to give out our favorite props of the Wild Card Weekend and to take your questions. It's our favorite part of the show. If you're able to hang out with us now on YouTube, Jump in the chat. Let us know what your favorite prop look is for the week. Again, you know, with only six games. The board's pretty populated. Obviously, we have some injury question marks that are uh, pausing some situations. But uh, let us know what your favorite look is. Any thoughts on a play? You want to balance that off of us? Uh, any of that stuff? We will get to as many as possible here at the end of the show. Joining us on YouTube is the best way to get these lines. They move fast. If you want to get the same number, same price, make sure you do that. We'll continue all through the Super Bowl. Uh, we are here all the time. Same channel. If you like the podcast feed. You might get some stale bread, but a uh, podcast should be in your feed later on Friday evenings. Uh, support it with a thumbs up, subscribe, all those things goes a long way. Joining me here, as always, back from Mexico, Connor Allen, what's going on? Yeah, not a whole lot. I think we got some, it's a great week for unders, but I feel like a lot of it's already being accounted for with you know the weather and everything, but I think there could still be a little bit of meat on the bone. We'll get to that a little bit later, but I'm excited. Yeah, definitely some other situations. And I think, yeah, we can talk about that because, you know, there's some, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. It's going to be windy in some places. Probably already kind of for, but maybe we can capture some of that. Uh, Slop is, he took Connor's place on vacation. He's somewhere tropical. Uh, smart time to do it as we are in the middle of this polar vortex. So we sucked in one of our own here from the Chicagoland area, uh, the managing editor of all digital media at FanDuel. It's great timing, sponsor of the show. Uh, it is our friend, Jim Sanis. Jim, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. How are we doing? I'm doing great. I needed a distraction from uh, some round two, three balls for the Sony Open. So I figured I might as well talk to you because I'm sure you've probably got some too, Ryan. So it was a bit selfish on my end, you know, get some get some props from you guys and not think about what Russell Henley is doing in round two. He doesn't <laughs> tee off till five, so I'm okay from that perspective, but I'd rather not think about it for a bit. I got it. I got Henley in a, to make the cut parlay. So we need Henley okay. to have a nice little day too. Uh, one under. So, you know, we can, we can totally derail the show uh, and leave Connor completely <laughs> in the dust by talking golf. Yeah. I could no, don't get new hour. shit. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, you, you start off a little golf conversation. That's and right. Like three minutes later, and we'll be you know, <laughs> talking about, you know, uh, what's our game? Nate Lashley. You know, we'll be back on that. that oh, track. geez. Yeah. It's Luke List <laughs> week every week, though. So we're good. Okay. All right. Well, sure. hey, the outright card's looking pretty good so far. I got some, you know, you just, you want to be alive after round one. And, you know, uh, Aaron Rye, Justin Rose, uh, Brendan Todd were, were I had Siwoo Kim over Rose yesterday and did not go well. Not a fan of Justin. He just rose on the poop list for a bit. So we're, uh, we're ignoring him for a while. That's fair. That's fair. We I hit Siwoo here last year. So this is a good, I love this course. I love this event. It's always a profitable one. So anyway. Betsports Golf, subscribe there. Uh, we have plenty of content as well. Uh, but we're going to do football today for now. Uh, maybe Jim and I will do golf after the show. But again, two episodes of Move the Line each week. This is Prop Drop, obviously. Game previews. So if you want to get a little bit more size totals, uh, you know, hands in the dirt in terms of matchup specific stuff, Connor, myself, and Sharp Clark do that on Wednesdays, 3 p.m. Uh, or 4 p.m. Eastern. Same YouTube channel, same podcast feed as well. So subscribe. We're going to continue. There through the Super Bowl, obviously, as well. If you want to get the betting subscription, you want to get access to all that we do at 4 for 4, we're running up to the end of the season. Now, it's only going to take you through the end of February. So it's a very truncated subscription. But again, we're still betting MMA. We're betting NBA. Uh, it'll get you a little feel for all that we have. Because if you in season play DFS, high stakes, season long, you want all the articles, tools, rankings, projections, all that stuff that we do. Best ball, 
Um, you can get all that too. Right now, it's just $19.99. So just access to our Discord, I think, will pay for that to get access to all the picks. Even the picks that Connor and I are going to put out today, uh, to be transparent, we give to the subscribers shortly before talking about them on the show to, to you know reward our people while being able to get the best of the line as these move very fast. If you want to play in any of the pick em sites, Vivid Picks, Underdog, um, what else is out there? Uh, Prize Picks, all those things. We have channels for there uh, for you as well there. So subscribe. More information in the show notes, 444.com slash plans. Check it out. All right. Like I said, live lines, no stale bread. These are things that you can get currently right now. Connor, the floor is yours. Super wild card weekend. Uh, what do you got for us to get started? Yeah, it looks like my notification just went through on the phone there uh, while I was I sending it, it out. I so, it. yeah, I mean, this breaks my heart, but I got to do it. Tua Tonga Vailoa, I'm going to go with under 230 and a half passing yards. A couple of different outs, I think, on this under here. So, first off, let's just start with the weather here. I mean, we're looking at this one of the coldest games in NFL history. Temperatures are zero degrees, wind chill 25 degrees, with the wind chill negative 25 degrees. Looking at wind speeds of probably up to probably around 15 miles per hour, which starts to matter for passing. But the key here is that I talked with our, our old weather guy, Chris Allen. He basically said that grip strength is a massive issue when it gets that cold because, I mean, you can get frostbite as quick as 15 minutes per Kevin Roth if you have, like, exposed hands. So these guys are going to be wearing gloves, maybe even thicker gloves, and at bare minimum on the sidelines, they're going to be having their hands on the heater or those you know, little packets. The bottom line is it's not going to be very easy to throw to the ball, especially like with guys like Tua who are not like grip it and rip it types of guys. Like, you know, the only people that we've basically seen have success throwing the ball in history is like Brett Favre in these types of conditions in like 2008, who is like, you know, legitimate psycho, you know, jogging in cold weather, like literally crazy guy out there. So that's not Tua. Uh, and I think that in this spot here, Dylan Waddle's banged up. The last time that these teams met, only threw for 190 yards despite them going down 21 to zero. It's a tough matchup. They're more of a run funnel defense. So like they're easier to run on than pass on. So a lot of different ways. I think this goes under. Um, so two thirty and a half, even though it's a lot lower than like his normal median line uh, throughout the season, I think it's a good look on the under. I'm so proud of you. Cause I know this is hard. It's probably hard for you. Cause I, I, love, I love the dolphins. I'm not even a dolphins fan. I just love them. You are a card-carrying member of Two and On. This is like a, <laughs> you, know, you were an early adapter too. Like there was, it didn't even exist. I was. Uh, so yeah, this is this is all right. This is commitment to the, the best of the number and the best play taking in situation. Jim, what are thought your thoughts here on Two and uh, obviously this game in general, which could be wild. Yeah, I mean, looking at the the passing yards prop from Mahomes too, that one's down six yards from where it was this morning. So we're seeing some movement that way. Uh, I have the under for this game at uh, when it got to 44 and a half. I thought that was a good look. It's still 44 right now, so uh, hasn't moved a ton. But like that wind matters a lot. Uh, I care. I care more about wind than weather. And like, even when I'm not accounting for like the, the temperature, like I still think the under is the best way to go. And that, that plays well for uh passing yardage too. So I think that this makes a lot of sense given the injuries to the pass catchers injuries to the offensive line, which have be gotten better than what they were before, but still not ideal. And I think they'll try to keep things on the ground here. I do want to check out Raheem Mostert unders too, uh, despite the fact that I think they run heavy. Cause I just kind of don't like, his role as much as most people do, but I think it just in general, looking at a lot of unders in this game, I think Tua is probably the ideal way to do so on the Dolphins side. The uh, Mahomes, when I was looking at too, my issue is just like the Dolphins defense is so beat up. And when they didn't get pressure, you know, last week on Josh Allen, I mean, he was like borderline flawless. And if you're not going to be able to pressure Patrick Mahomes, like I know his pass catchers stink, but like, you know, anytime they do have to pass the ball, I just like worried. Whereas like the Chiefs defense is, at least good, you know, like, you know, it's weather plus a good matchup. Whereas the other one, it's like, if this was a regular game without any weather, I mean, Mahomes could throw for 300 pretty easy. I think it's just Dolphins defense. 
Yeah, I've looked at some of the Chiefs' cornerback stuff too, like McDuffie four and a half tackles plus money. That's a play that I've. Well, we went to McDuffie uh, in this game in Germany, and he, he got there very, very quickly. I just worry about the play volume sustains. You know, you got to have completions to get uh, tackles, especially at the cornerback position, and that just makes me a little bit nervous. So, I'm sure some of our subscribers are wondering why McDuffie hasn't been to play already. So, that uh, that's probably why. Jeff's in the chat. Uh, Jeff, tough weekend for you, Jeff. Uh, Jeff's a big kicker guy. Uh, loves to share some of his uh, his field goal props. I don't know. It's not great weather conditions for some field goals here, but we'll we'll see what Jeff's got for us as the show goes on. But yeah, Hawaiian Tebow, uh, Connor is, is stewing in the inside, uh, though he's keeping a really calm demeanor on the outside. All right, Jim, floor's yours. First play here for uh, Super Wildcard Weekend. So same game. It's actually the only over I like uh, for this game is Isaiah Pacheco, 86 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. Uh, it's minus 114 at FanDuel Sportsbook right now. This is more so it, it's not because of the injuries to Miami. It's not because of weather. It's because of the role that he has in this offense when there's no Jarek McKinnon, which is why I want to go rushing plus receiving is two outs towards and over here in the full games that Pacheco has played without McKinnon. He's had 89 yards in scrimmage, 123, and then 165 in that Bengals game. And with how effective they were in that Bengals game, I'd kind of expect them to kind of want to keep things on the ground again. Now, Miami does have some good defensive tackles, but they still rank to 16th against the rush based on number fire schedule adjusted metrics. So you can get them on the ground. I think, again, the Chiefs, given the weather, probably will want to do so here. I did think about Pacheco for a touchdown, but because I like the under in this game, I kind of don't want to like, you know, bite off my, or is it cut off my, my nose to spite my face? Whatever that saying is. I didn't want to, you know, work against myself with the Pacheco <laughs> touchdown bet, but this is minus 114 uh, as well. I, I think that's why I prefer to go with a yardage bet than a touchdown bet is that I don't think there'll be a ton of points in this game. This is the one that does stand out here. It, it's really just, Pacheco's role without McKinnon is really, really robust. And I think this is a great way to take advantage of that role. So Pacheco, 86 and a half rushing plus receiving yards, minus 114 is where I'd be looking there. I like it. I was flirting with Pacheco uh, carries over this morning as well. So I can, I can definitely get here. Connor, any thoughts uh, on the Pacheco? I like that handicap. No, I love it. It's one that I was looking at because of the whole no Jarek McKinnon. Like he's seeing like all the receiving work basically. Um, yeah, it's one that I've considered. I haven't played officially, but I was maybe dabbling in some alts too. Alt rushing receiving, I think is a good look. Um, so yeah, because I mean, if he booms, it's just going to be awesome too. Plus, like he's the exact type of back, like cold weather back, runs hard, runs, you know, just like a, a lot of motion, you know, he's just not going to be wanting to be tackled. So I think a lot of subjective angles there too kind of support that. We talked about it a little bit in the, the game preview show, and it is subjective. There's definitely, you know, something to it though, but like, these guys aren't all from Miami, but like they've lived in Miami for the last couple of months <laughs> and it's like your, your blood thins out. That's cold. That, that is, you know, it just, it's human nature. Yeah. You're going to be heat warmers, you know, all the stuff, blankets, coats on the side, man, you get out there and you're out there for a sustained drive with someone maybe in the third or fourth quarter, who's been just kind of beating you up in the face uh, for like a couple hours. It's just it's human nature. Like that. It's just, it's harder. And again, like it's not something that we like, typically are going to subscribe to or like building it into any model it is narrative driven but like i think it's okay sometimes to remember that these this game is played on the field and going to be played in some really wonky conditions this week uh, and i think it matters so that's not even part of jim's handicap it was fantastic <laughs> <laughs> uh and i like this play my first one too i think the conditions are a little wild i think it actually maybe helps support a little bit um i'm gonna go with jalen warren 
over three and a half receptions. Uh, this is plus 120 on FanDuel. Uh, he's been cruising uh, over this as of late, um, especially with Mason Rudolph. He's topped it with every uh, five straight in every game with Rudolph at quarterback. Najee's taken on a larger role, especially on early downs, but like it's just been worn on pass downs, long down and distance, third down stuff. You know, Najee maybe will get some work in the passing game on base downs, but Warren is really kind of, he was starting to emerge and we thought maybe he was taking over some of the early down work and it feels like he's kind of shifted back into he was somewhat of a third down back. And look, it's going to be nasty. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of passing and having an over in terms of a passing game isn't great. When you look at Warren on the season, he already has a negative uh, 1.8 yard average depth of target. So he, he's not massively impacted here by the weather. And I don't really like the yards here. Even last week against the Ravens in that sloppy game, he caught five balls for 17 yards. Um, again, just couldn't get his footing, couldn't break anything yardage wise, but went over his three and a half reception line again at plus money. So I'm going to go back to the well, even though we could have just, I don't know, Sharknado with snow and <laughs> what's going on here. But again, like, you know, double digit dogs, uh, bad environments. Mason Rudolph not going to be able to push the ball down the field. Checkdowns to his running back seems like very viable and not massively impacted by the game here. Uh, Jim, what are your thoughts on Warren here at plus money? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. His role has been awesome um, for a while now. Uh, if you look at him since their bye week, that's when they started to like really become a pretty efficient running team. And that's when Warren's role really increased. He's at 4.1 targets per game in that span. So like, it's not a huge amount of buffer above three and a half catches, but he has also been getting more work, like you said, in the passing game specifically recently. And I, like you said, the weather does align pretty well with this one. So I think it would make a lot of sense. Um, I still, this is probably stupid. I still like the over in this game, honestly. I know it's like <laughs> the weirdest weather you've ever seen and the wind is very high. And like I have wind speed as a pretty heavy factor in my model, but I still can't sniff 34 and a half. So I think that seeing some passing here is still in play. And I hope, I hope he's efficient on those targets too. And those catches, because I could, uh, I need to find a way to get an out on this over here. Yeah. need Pittsburgh to, to buoy that a little bit. Yep. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on this? Yeah, there's a couple of things that I've been mulling over with the Steelers side too. So obviously both teams, I think are specifically going to want to want to come in run heavy, but I think that after Buffalo gets a lead, you know, like Steelers have been extremely run heavy, but a lot of that's because they've been winning and that's because they've been ahead. Mason Rudolph has a strong arm. I mean, he's not very accurate, but he has a strong arm. So like he can push the ball through the wind. I think that they'll end up having to throw the ball a little bit more than we're expecting. And so like, I worry because if I felt like this was going to be a close game, I think you could safely take the under and both, but like, when they're down 10, like they're not going to be, they can't just run the ball every single play. I mean, they, they could, but you know, like they're, they're going to have to throw the ball eventually. <laughs> and I think Warren's going to be involved there. So my only concern is if it doesn't get out of hand, then Mason Rudolph maybe only does have 25 attempts, but that's like the only devil's advocate where I'm, I'm playing to this because his role is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a floor falls out from a play volume standpoint. Yeah, for sure. I mean, any over is dying on the, on the floor in that situation. Totally. So yeah, yeah. I was looking at some of the like longest, I think there's some like, I don't know, you know, I like the longest reception, longest completion plays. There's wondering if those are properly accounted for. They're pretty, they're pretty short relative to what they typically are. Like when you look at, you know, George Pickens or something like that, but again, like, yeah, the weather's an issue, the wind's an issue, but like, as people are talking about in the chat, tackling is an issue at times. Uh, you know, footing when the offensive player knows where they're going. Like, it's what kind of we always talk about, like, you know, whether unless it's extreme doesn't matter so much because the offense has an advantage. This is one of those scenarios where I think we're in extreme 
counting weather situations, but doesn't mean that we can't, to Jim's point, still get to an over 34, still have some big plays because someone slips, breaks a tackle, and things happen. So I don't know if I don't know what to do with them, but I'm definitely still mulling some of those over because they're the plays that I like to make. So all right. Uh Connor, you sent out a, a round robin tweet. So this is the, the spicy section of the show. We like to go a little bit off the board. Round robin parlays, same game parlays, uh poorly correlated parlays with boosted juice. What are we doing here? Do you want to share the round robin or uh, what else you got for us here in the spicy section? Yeah, we'll touch on the round robin. First off, last week, uh, Kenneth Walker cost me, well, it didn't cost me anything, but prevented me from winning like 10K basically. So he, we had Nico Collins alt over. We had Jared Goff's alt over because basically we played like the, you know, chance that maybe if he played the whole game, it was a great matchup. And then we had Kenneth Walker's alt over, had 70 yards with 14 minutes left in the third quarter finished with 78 we needed 80 for like 10k and then like another like 110 for like another 10 15k and we wound up winning like 2k each instead which obviously is great but sure. you know it's it's not 20k you know that's for <laughs> sure uh so anyways point is the way that we're doing this the way we're doing it, like round robining is we're taking five different alts or four or five different alts that are all plus 500 and then putting in it a little bit of money on every single combination so the twos the threes the fours the fives everything. So for this week, I'm looking at James Cook, alt rushing yards over 99 and a half. Um, you can find, um, you know, plus 500 at DraftKings there. I think it's interesting. Again, you can do this on FanDuel as well, but just shop around for wherever you'll find the odds are best. So over a hundred yards there, we've already talked about how the snow in this game, I think snow, wind, everything could force them to be more, more run heavy. Steelers run defense has been good, but I think the work could be there. Um, and a plus 500, it's a great number. CJ Stroud over 28 and a half rushing yards. Ran a, did not run a bunch in college, but ran a lot against Georgia when it mattered most. Ran a lot against Indianapolis when it mattered most last week. Already has a 40-yard rushing yard game under his belt against the Jags. I mean, he's way more athletic than people think. So I think against this Browns defense that plays, good man defense gets a lot of pressure. Maybe he scoots two, three, four times uh, and picks up 30 yards. Again, five to one. C.D. Lamb, 100, over 148 yards. I know, it's, again, it's a massive number, but it's 100 yards. So his not baseline is 100 yards. Like. He is such a good matchup over the middle of the field against this Packers defense that does not do a good job of scheming. Jerry Alexander looks like he may not even play DNP twice. If he does play, he's going to be 100%. I think that's a good look. And then last two here, I'll, I'll try and wrap this up. Cooper Cup, uh, over 112 and a half receiving yards. I really like this uh, Rams passing game here. And just the way the alts shook out, like Stafford's plus 500 was like 350 yards or something. So that's, I mean, it seemed pretty aggressive compared to Cup, 112. I think he takes a bigger step forward here against the pass funnel Lions. And then the last one here, a little bit off the wall, Miko Hardman, 40-plus receiving yards. You know, there's just – Kadarius Tony's not going to play or will play a little bit. Um, you know, there's just some rumors about his role, uh, you know, expanding potentially a little bit. So that's all I'll say. I, I would think there would be – like you've been going into the well with, like, uh, with Watson a lot in that spot. I could – I was uh, thinking it, that might be. It was be. in play. Uh, I thought about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just like the weather is not great. I mean, honestly, this is the one I feel least good about. Uh, one, because it's, you know, Miko Hardman. But, I mean, these other yeah. guys suck. Like, MBS, we've talked about every week. He <laughs> is horrible. He is, like, one he of the worst receivers. Like, he has the hips. Like, they should so, have, like, played him every snap last week and fed him, like, 30 balls to, like, yeah. snap him out of it. Because, like, what's the downside? Like, they should have just fed him last week in order to, like, get his brain right. Something's going on there. Yeah, it's yeah. not great. Yeah, so right, I don't fun. know. I think we I like see it. a good bit of 
good bit of Hardman. I mean, all it takes is one. 40 yards is nothing with Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you made a good point. I mean, I like obviously anything associated with Rams passing game. I think most of us do. But in the cup, yeah, cup and, and Puka receptions looked low and I can get there on the yards too, for sure. So yeah, don't hate that at all. Uh, pretty, I, I would call a five leg alt uh, round robin parlay, a pretty spicy way to start it off. Uh, Jim, where are you at? The floor? I mean, the bars raise high after that. Uh, <laughs> we're not going that pressure. spicy. No, Do not no we're, not going, we're not going that uh, spicy, but we're taking yeah. a similar approach. We're like looking at alternate markets in situations where I think there's a bit of fluidity with a player's role. So I'm going to go to Jameson Williams, 70 plus receiving yards of FanDuel Sportsbook. It's plus 390 right now. And the reason I want to go to him specifically is because there is some fluidity with his role. Um, and this is going to ignore the Laporta thing for a second. But like going back to, I think it was week 15 or in 16. In those two games, it seemed like he was getting more like non gaffy targets where it's just like, okay, chuck it, see what happens and pray kind of thing. He was getting more like diverse targets. I guess the way that I would say that he got six and seven targets in those two games. And then in the Dallas game, he had three targets for 69 yards, and that was with him leaving the game after just 17 routes of that injury. Now, didn't play last week, but then was full in practice on Wednesday. So to me, that says the injury is of no concern. And that's really what I want to see, because I care a lot about injuries. But with him, if he's a full practice by Wednesday, fully good to go. So that's kind of why I think that Williams' role is getting better overall. And then you potentially either take Sam Laporta out of the equation or make him not be 100%. And it leads to potentially one or two more targets going the direction of a guy who can rack up yards in a hurry. So to me, what this is with Williams is he is a player who can now get to an alternate market via two routes. He can get there via volume potentially if he maintains the role he was, I think, establishing before he got banged up. And then also he can get there via the downfield looks because he's just a a freak athlete and can do stuff like that. You got the, the Jared Goff revenge narrative, maybe the first play of the game, Ben Johnson draws up a shot, you know, for Jared Goff to give a double barreled freedom rockets to the, to the Rams sideline kind of thing. You know, we'll go, we'll go down narrative street again. Sure. Why not? So I think that Williams is becoming a bit less volatile now, but I don't mean that in the negative sense. Um, I mean that where he can still at the high end of his range of outcomes while his meeting expectation is getting higher. And that to me is a good spot to look at all overs because you suddenly have potentially multiple routes to an over versus just the single route of, you know, he breaks off a long play. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. It's, he's been pretty popular in the show, especially in this section this season. I know Slop's gone to the well not a few times. Uh, Connor doesn't need much to, to get a JAMO uh, play to twist your arm. Any thoughts there, Connor? No, I, I love it. I think the more that I read into this game environment, the more that I think that there's going to just be successful passing on both sides, not as much running as I think we'd expect. Maybe some from Detroit, but I really don't think the Rams are going to be able to run the ball all that well um, or consistently, which me, leads me to believe that Stafford is just going to keep slinging it, and I think the the Lions respond there. Plus, yeah, you don't have to you know push me to bet on Jameson Williams. I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a supporter. You know, even through the ups and downs here, I think that he'll uh, continue to improve. And 70 plus, he's going to have one of these games. It's going to be like six for 170. I just may not be this season, but he'll have one next year. Maybe this week. Who knows? Point. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I, you know, I feel, I feel relatively boring comparatively. Um, but, <laughs> uh, just a couple of, um, you know, do a different one. We haven't done these. The, the inversely correlated same game parlays. That we could pick off, um, particularly on DraftKings, where they you know give us the benefit of uh, 
of really boosting these odds for us. I feel like these are like, we can almost name them the Mike Evans specials because I feel like he's kind of made for these types of, of, of parlays. And we've got to like bump on his reception number this week too. He's typically four and a half. Uh, we're juiced out a little bit on the uh, under on the five and a half, but his lines are five and a half. So on Evans, you can go under five and a half receptions, but uh, take him at a hundred plus receiving yards. Uh, and on DraftKings, that is going to pay 17 to one. Uh, again, just, you know, big plays. It's how Mike Evans wins. You know, you can catch again five balls, a hundred yards. That's, you know, we got a winner here on Mike Evans. Very much, I feel like, in the range of outcomes. Obviously higher than his, you know, his binary prop number from a reception standpoint or receiving yard standpoint, but it's Mike Evans. A lot of big plays. Uh, the other one that I like, too, because I knew Connor was going to talk about C.D. Lamb a little bit. I love the passing environment in that game as well. But Brandon Cooks, um, I think we've seen Cooks somewhat correlated to some of the better passing performances from Dak Prescott this season. And, you know, Cooks... It's had somewhat of a fluctuating average at the target, but we know how he wins. And like, if you look at the last, well, for the entire season, the explosive pass rate allowed, it's been a problem for the Packers. Last four weeks in particular, it's been like drastic. I think 13% explosive pass rate allowed. We mentioned Jair Alexander might not be in this game. Hasn't been really good. Anyway, sorry, Jim. I know you're, this that's your team. Um, I love Jair. It's not, it's not been great as of late. So you're going to get maybe even a best case scenario, probably a 80% uh, Jair Alexander in this in the spot. So if you look at Brandon Cooks, we don't need him to do too much. Um, the reception line is three and a half, so we go under three and a half receptions, over seventy yards, uh, and we're playing seventeen to one. Um, so again, like we're not, we don't need him to get to the hundred that we're asking Mike Evans. It's really not been a big part of Cooks's role this year. We're looking at basically one big one uh, or maybe two, kind of you know above his longest reception type plays, and he gets us there. So uh, Jim, any thoughts there? I was real close to making Brandon Cooks mine. Um, 60 plus, I think, is a pretty good number for him if you want like a more like traditional uh, number yeah. for Cooks. Like if you look at his splits indoors versus outdoors, uh, Evan Silva used to have this bit with Tutu Atwell where he'd say Tutu Atwell, if he's outdoor, outdoors, can't get any yards because he like blows away because he's so light. <laughs> Cooks is a bit like stockier, like a little bit thicker than that. But I think the Tutu Atwell Evan Silva theory applies to Brandon Cooks because when he's outdoors, He's at 0.6 yards per route run indoors to 1.8. Uh, most of that's from that 172 yard games. So like, you know, great assault. Yeah. It was all from we'll one game, but like that means he can also have big games. So I was very on cooks. I have this one personally as well for like an alt number on Brandon cooks for those exact reasons you laid out. So I'm, I'm really into him for sure. Just in general, but like for all markets specifically, because he does have that upside within his range of outcomes. Love it. Love it. Connor, any thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm looking at FanDuel too. It's like three and a half and 60 yards is like 15 to one, three mm -hmm. and a half and 70 yards is 24 to one on, on FanDuel. Ooh, even better so, on FanDuel. Okay. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. I, so it's interesting if you, I, I know Jim probably doesn't love to hear this, but you know, if you, sh you shop around, uh, yeah, you can uh, <laughs> we'll the usually find, find these we numbers. We the banner off today, even though they are sponsored. <laughs> we took their banner off, so we're... we're Free to go. Yeah, we're we're fumbling, but uh, no, it's uh, it's good. My my next play is from Fanduel though, so that's you know that's, that's a good. Uh, we're we're making up ground there at least. Yeah, Jalen Warren was a Fanduel play, so we're good. Friends <laughs> at Fanduel, don't don't yell at us. So. <laughs> All right, uh, so Connor, give it floor. Can go back to you for uh, the uh, you know basic stuff. If you're hanging out with us, reminder to jump in the chat. Let us know some plays. Let us know some things that you want us to talk about. Some looks that you have here, and we'll get to as many as possible at the end. Yeah, no, 100%. All right, so we're sticking with the under train here. I played some overs early in the week. Um, I know that's usually not my vibe. I usually do unders 
in the Discord and then overs here because they're more fun. But I'm sticking with some unders here. So we're going to go to the uh, Philly and Bucks game here. A lot of uncertainty here, but I'm going to go with the under on Rashad White's carries. It's at 16 and a half. The Bucks are three-point dogs here, and if you look at Rashad White's games, every single time that they've lost, he's only had more than 17 carries in one of those games. Uh, and when they win, he has more than those those carries. I'm kind of a Bucks guy here, I or uh, an Eagles guy here. I think that the Eagles win and take care of business. We look at the Bucks. Anytime they've played anyone decent, they've lost by basically double digits, including to the Eagles earlier in the season. Obviously, there's some injury concerns here. A.J. Brown. Not sure if he's going to play. Devonta Smith was a full go. Jalen Hurts, his throwing hand is a little bit messed up. That being said, they had a ton of success on the ground last time as well with DeAndre Swift and with Kenneth Gainwell. So I think that we see the Eagles skew run heavy here and probably dominate time of possession, potentially get a lead. This Bucks team, meanwhile, they fed Rashad White, but again, it's only been when they're winning. When they are like in neutral game scripts or negative game scripts, they throw a bunch. And that matches up well against the Eagles secondary, who's not very good. They're more of a pass funnel as well. So like, can he get there to 17 plus carries? Sure. But if they're losing it all, I think that's an out. If they're just regular game planning, they want to throw the ball more because it's better. I think that's an out as well. So two different outs there, I think, for this under on the carries. Uh, 16 and a half at FanDuel, minus 114. Uh, other books posting worse numbers, but I think I would still play it like minus 130 probably. Jim, I feel like that play correlates with whatever your handicap is for the game, right? Because if it feels game script dependent. Yeah, I think that that's kind of how you want to view it there is like if you agree that like the Eagles are going to win this game, like that's where you want to go. But also I think that White's numbers in general are kind of high. So like I think that even if you are, if you think the books are correct on their handicap of this game, you could still justify Rashad White unders. Like I thought a bit about his uh, rushing plus receiving under 91 and a half. Cause like that's that's a pretty fair number for him as a baseline, but he got kind of banged up week 18. I know he's okay, uh, but he got banged up there. Um when they were down against the Saints, that game they were down 23 nothing. there was a bit more Chase Edmonds in that game than you typically see. So honestly, he's, I think he's on a little bit shakier ground than he had been. Th- I've, I've been high on Rashad White this whole year, and I've uh, benefited from him plenty of times. But like the past couple weeks, whether it be the injuries or ineffectiveness, whatever it may be, there's been some like downsides there. So I think that in general, Rashad White prides are props are a little bit lofty so even if you think that again eagles are properly handicapped at minus three i still think there is some there are some routes to checking out rashad white unders right now nice all right i like it connor um you know slops off the show and then you bring all the unders back for the people you know i know he hates unders but it's you know i'm i, I love them you know it's i usually keep just- them private so that way he doesn't throw up on the show but well, we just you know we don't have an engaged listener. You know we can't get his feedback on the play because he just he tunes out. You know he starts going on his phone and you know looking at his <laughs> next plays and not good for the show production either. You know he just he tunes out. So, it's uh, all right. Bring him back. Jim was you know not only engaged he had a good he had a good point there too. So all right, bah, floor back to you, Jim's your uh, your third play here. So I'm conflicted on which way to go with this. I want to buy into Jordan Love. I think there are two routes to doing so. Uh, you could do so via his rushing prop. It's seven and a half at FanDuel. It's minus 118 on the over. So um, you're paying a bit there to get there. His passing prop is 242 and a half minus 114. He's actually gone over both these numbers in 10 out of 17 games so far this year. And I kind of think that even if they lose this game, the Packers offense will be able to move the football. I'm going to go with the passing yardage prop as my preferred route, but I think the uh, the the rushing number is also pretty interesting. 
Now, he went over this number, as I mentioned, in 10 out of 17 games, which is 59%. And only four of those games were indoors, which he does get here going down to Dallas. And we generally see passing efficiency, passing volume increase when games are indoors. And this is very likely the healthiest his pass catches have been the entire year. Christian Watson, questionable, which is like the most rosy outcome you could have for Christian Watson. Jaden Reed, not listed on the injury report anymore. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, good to go to. So like he's got everyone healthy potentially for the first time this entire year. The role players are playing really well. Uh, Luke Musgrave coming back from that kidney as well. So you've got all these guys healthy. So I think this Packers offense will be efficient and they'll be able to keep pace, which could allow them to be run heavy maybe, and that could put you towards Aaron Jones. But also, Love is efficient enough right now to still get close to 242.5 on non-elite volume. And I think that's why I want to look here. So... 242 and a half, the number for love uh, for the passing yardage number. That's actually like six yards lower than every other book right now. Uh, so if you're price shopping and you want an over, <clears throat> got to go to FanDuel. Um, we'll get that actual <laughs> plug in there. Um, but I think that like, I think that there, there is reason to be high on, on this number just because I think the Packers do play pretty well at offense. I'm not going to talk about their defense, but I think their offense plays pretty well here. And I think that love is a big part of that. You know, we made a good case for uh, pro Packers at the time on our show on Wednesday. It was seven and a half. Um, I know Clark is even on Packers money line. Um, I think that it's, you know, seven, I would still be interested in the Packers. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very pro love. Uh, we'll get there momentarily. I, I like it, Connor. What do you think here on, uh, on Jim's breakdown of the passing yards? No, just just keep rolling because I, I just saw your push notification here. So my next play is Jordan Love over two and a half rushing attempts. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, plus 130. We're just hanging out plus money bangers today. That's that's all we got. Jalen uh, Warren was plus 120. Uh, we gave you the alts and now Jordan Love plus 130 on DraftKings. Uh, this is out there. Like if you have prop builders plus 132, it's plus money everywhere that you could find it. Um, he has at least two in every game this season. So again, like we need three. But at least, like, we have two every single game. And he's topped it in 9 to 17. Um, this has been a long-held theory of ours here on the show. And mobile quarterbacks run more in the playoffs. And our guy, TJ Hernandez, did some math to kind of back this up for us back in 2022. So we haven't updated it. And to be fair, love falls outside of the scope that we held there. So what TJ did was he went back to uh, 2000, found that all quarterbacks that run for at least 20 yards per game on the in the regular season – Average roughly six yards more per game in the playoffs. Now, we are sort of that with love, but the the I think the handicap is the same. This is a mobile quarterback who's willing to run. Even though we didn't hit the threshold of what we were looking for, I want to be transparent there. He still, I think, does fit in a quarterback that I think is going to run a little bit. And then we have the other part too. What do we also look at when we're looking to target rushing quarterbacks? We want to look at teams that play a higher than average rate of man coverage and teams that like the blitz. Dallas is like check, 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 check across the board here. So um, the, the yardage total, as Jim said, is out there seven and a half. I think that's fine. Last week against the Bears, three attempts, negative one yard. So like, I think if you like yardage, and we've seen him, like look at this, some of his best rushing games this season have been like the Saints, you know, a, a team that plays man at a higher than average rate and likes to blitz. Um, you know, the Vikings sit in zone, but they blitz their face off some of the, the better games for love from a rushing standpoint. So if you like rushing, I would look for some alts instead of just doing the seven and a half, but I like the carries because it feels like a coin flip based off of what he's done and we're getting it at plus money. So uh, Jim, I know what you think, Connor, what do you think? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm pretty into it, honestly. I think there was something that someone else brought it up too. And like, I was looking at it more and it seems like kind of going through Jordan Love's games as well, uh, you know, in a lot of their other games where they're like winning or at least kind of dominating, he doesn't really do that that much. But if you look at early in the season when they were losing a shitload, like he's running way more. Uh, and so I think that that's kind of plays into like you're playing from behind. You need like that gunslinger kind of just like approach of just like running a little bit more. And I think that we're going to see that here from the Packers. I do think that we're probably going to get a run IB approach from Green Bay to start to begin with because this Dallas run defense, dead last rushing success rate allowed, saw them get bullied by the, you know, the Bills a couple of weeks ago uh, as well. So, like, I think that's probably the initial approach. But, again, when Dak and CD are hooking up for 200 passing yards, uh, you know, I think it's going to be pretty tough for the Packers to stick with the run and, and Aaron Jones, which is one of the things which, you know, not to carry this to another subject, but I, those Aaron Jones props, they're high but they're rightfully high. But if they fall behind, he's going to fall way short, depending on how quickly they fall behind. So I just, I have no idea uh, on, that, on that kind of stuff. And I hate betting in that kind of volatility. I know we, we hate, we typically try to stay away from like, uh, and again, I already played a running back reception uh, number. It's typically a market we try to stay away from receiving yards and receptions from running backs because they are so volatile. Uh, I thought last week, the, the Aaron Jones receiving yard number was way too low. I think he hit on the first drive. I kind of stalled out at like 30 yards and it's like 20 and a half again. I feel like it's a really nice, it feels really, really nice. Um, and again, they're just, they're really volatile. So I'm, I'm, I'm maybe staying away, but it's something maybe I look for in game, but yeah, uh, this love one. I, I really like, especially, like I said, I feel like I lean that way at minus 110, minus 115, but we're getting incentivized essentially to take it. So yeah. And Jim's on board confirmation bias. I love when that happens. We're building same game parlays for you here. You branded, branded <laughs> cooks, Love rushing and passing, CD Lamb alts like you can, you know, we're doing it for you. This is you know, paint by numbers. You can be Tony Pollard unders. You know, let's go all across yes. the board here. Yes, Why yes. <laughs> and we didn't price it out for you, but you know, we we put it together. So yeah, absolutely love it. So all right, uh, I'm gonna well. So typically, we I talk defensive stuff. I give you some tackles that I like, or some guys that maybe aren't posted yet um, that we that we're gonna eyeball um right now we got a lot of stuff out there's some games that haven't been pushed out um but there are a few out there and some guys that are coming out that actually typically aren't usually posted uh and i really don't you know i, I don't know i they think the books want to give us more which is absolutely i absolutely love to see now this one i, I love it i don't want to like overdo it here um and oversell it but i did a lot of work on this today because i was so caught off guard by this line, I thought that there was maybe something wrong with it, uh, but I feel really good. So typically, you get theoretical plays. Right now, you're going to get an actual tackle play to bet. Uh, we are going to take Melvin Ingram, under three and a half tackles and assists, uh, and this is plus mice, plus 130 on DraftKings, uh, plus 123 on Caesars, MGM, plus 125. So Cluster injuries on Miami side, obviously, especially a defensive end that forced Melvin Ingram to unretire. They brought him off the couch uh, to start playing football. He played 75% of the snaps last week against the Bills. He did not play more than 62% of the snaps in any game last season. But again, like his role is going to be larger. Phillips, Chubb, Van Ginkle, they're all, all on the IR. So we're probably going to see a lot of Melvin Ingram again. The Bills ran 77 plays last week. It's a lot. Um, so the 75% snap share was 58 plays. That's a really good amount. Chiefs are middle of the pack from a play per game standpoint in the season. They have not hit 77 in a game all season. They're likely not doing it in a polar vortex. So especially when the Chiefs get up, 
Like they average like just a tick over 60 plays per game. So play volume could be a concern here. Now, now we get to Ingram specifically. <laughs> uh, he did not top this at all last season. At any point did he top three and a half tackles and assists. Now, he actually had more games last year with zero than he did with three. Um, so this is really reactive to last week. He had five. So we are, we're banking on last week. The last week he had one and a half sacks. That counts as two tackles um, against the Bills. You know who doesn't take sacks? Patrick Mahomes. He does not take sacks. Uh, he's lowest every year, basically, since in the, been in the league. His pressure to sack rate is minuscule, less than 10%. He is an elite at avoiding pressure. Um, so also we're looking at just 13.4% of the tackles this season against the Chiefs have come from opposing defensive ends. This is the fifth lowest mark in the league. So again, another matchup-specific thing. And then a bad scorekeeper spot, too. Uh, Kansas City home games, second fewest assists per game, and the fifth fifth lowest uh, just assist rate overall. So I don't think we get to 75%. But again, if I go ceiling outcome, high play volume, and he plays 75% of the snaps in the game, I have him at 1.78 tackles and assists. So we're getting plus money here for him to not get to four. I absolutely love this play. We don't typically advise for multi-unit plays. I fucking I really like it. it. I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, you did. I like, if you heard my, my phone buzz, it's because it was my two factor authentication coming through and it moved to plus plus one ten while you were talking at a certain book that shall not be named. Uh, yeah. Hold up another one. It's down to minus one Oh one. I was not fast enough. So <laughs> I'm hammering minus one Oh one. If you have the ability to take alts, even you're going to get like plus money over plus you get over two to one at under two and a half. Again, like, I think he's probably playing 40 to 45 plays. It's just not his style. He's just not a big tackle guy. And a lot of defensive ends aren't. Uh, and this is a bad matchup for him to do it. So very, very, very reactive to a guy who's played three games all season. Like his before last week, 75% of the snaps, he played 36% of the snaps the week before. So like, this is just, uh, this is a really good spot. And uh, saved it for the show. Yeah, I, I have... Like the hit rate here is right around 90% based on the projections. And the EV is hovering around hundred percent EV uh, based off of uh, the, the price here, which is just wild. I don't think I've seen it all season. So I did a lot of work. Cause I'm like, what am I missing? And I'm not missing. I think we're good. I'm curious, like your thoughts though, like based on like your experience with betting, like tackle props, like Ingram was like, you know, isolated uh, in uh, in like the broadcast on Sunday night. Do you think that's why the number is so high is because he got like legit screen time and like discussion from Chris Collinsworth? Because I think like, honestly, if I'm trying to figure out why, like that to me is the first reason I think of is because people are just talking about him a lot. Yeah, he got one and a half sacks, right? And he like hadn't played and you want, it's easy to talk about like the injuries that they've had with Chubb and Phillips going down and now Van Ginkle goes down in game. So all of a sudden this guy who, was sitting at you know at home week 15 is now playing meaningful snaps in the team that you know for a playoff team yeah i mean and, and again like massively reactionary to the single game right this is not a guy that like i didn't even have him on to be honest transparency because he hadn't been playing i didn't even have him on miami in my sheet i had to go back i have i have his 21 22 baseline numbers i took a look at them added them in so i had what his like snaps per tackle rate and stuff are and i'm like this is just, we have one game of five. So he gets on the board and we're plus money. Like, I, you know, so I was able to get plus 125 just now. So there, there were, there was still some plus money lingering out Love there. It. As long as you buzz through all the apps and are okay. And <laughs> being annoyed with like all the texts for two factor, notif- or, uh, two, fa- two factor authentication. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, 
it is frustrating, but yeah, and they move, and the tackles move very quickly. Figured with an audience too, they're going to move quickly. And again, we did give it to subscribers first, so their best shot to get the 130. But yeah, absolutely love it. Some other spots I like, we've already played a few. Uh, but yeah, we have some other stuff that's going to come here. It's decent tackle, uh, decent tackle week. So we're going to get some volume up here. No sacks that I love in particular, but yeah. Uh, Connor, you can uh, take it, take the mic and uh, run us through some questions. Yeah, sweet. Um, all right. Let's see here. We'll start at the top here. Z-Man, Amon Ra over seven net receptions. Jim, any thoughts, interest on Amon Ra this week? I feel like it's about right, but um, I mean, you could probably make a case for the over. I got to check the number on that uh, because that's going to influence things uh, quite a bit with this one. Uh, so Amon Ra over seven and a half is minus 112. Uh, that's a big number for me. I think it's probably properly handicapped if I had to guesstimate things. Like, I always have a hard time taking overs on like, like large numbers, not necessarily rushing to take unders. Um, but like, I just think for me, it winds up being a no bet more often than not, just because like it is a really big number, deservedly so given his involvement. But I just have a hard time getting there, like philosophically for the way I like to bet things. Uh, you could not be speaking my language more. That's totally <laughs> agree. I mean, again, the only way that I get action in these high over overs is via alt overs like CD Lamb. I mean, CD Lamb's regular prop is 100. His alt prop at 120 is two to one. I mean, at that point, if I'm taking over 100, like, I mean, the, the volatility there is massive. And again, we took over 148 for five to one for his regular prop, prop there. So Amon Ra, again, I think if you want to play it, take like nine or 10 receptions. Why not? Um, cool. Uh, let's see here. We got a little bit more Pacheco talk. Uh, Daddy Johnny asked Pacheco attempts instead. I think that Jim, you were on uh, the rushing and receiving instead. Do you do you like the attempts? I think it's like fifteen and a half, right? Yeah, uh, he's at fifteen and a half right now, minus one thirty six. So I think that's where you're looking at alt attempts as well. Kind of taking the thesis of no McKinnon, Ceh is dust, um, game script potentially, weather. I think all those things adding up. So I think looking at alternate numbers on Pacheco, probably the way that I would want to go. And you mentioned like alts and like rushing plus receiving. I like that look as too. So I, th I think in general for him, just because minus 136 is tough for me to get to. Yeah. I think I'd look at alt numbers for Pacheco there. Yeah. Uh, MGM has a minus 120. If you can get down anything there, that would be your best number for 15 and a half. Uh, we are moving to 16 and a half in some spots as well. Yeah. Makes sense. Also, David brought in your forgetting too. One of the hardest things to do in cold weather is tackling uh he meant tackling he put talking but uh pacheco runs like a it's also it's we'll gonna be that cold enough. talking is hard too oh man uh noon i'm curious your thoughts here because i go back and forth on this so bennett clark brings up 56 yards for kelsey's over under his playoff average is 86 i mean the man has been dust for the last second half of the season looks like he's just you know swooning for taylor swift kind of chubby out there running you know dad running but he's Travis Kelsey and it's the playoffs and he's awesome. And Patrick Mahomes is awesome. Like I feel like it's going to be one of those things that at the end of the game, you're going to be like, no shit. It's Travis Kelsey. Of course he was going to go for like eight for 103 touchdowns, or it's going to be like, yeah, he's dust. He has four catches for 40 yards and zero touchdowns. I mean, is that where you're at Noonan? I mean, like, I don't know what to do with it to be honest. Yeah. If we want to go down like a narrative street for like, I think the third time of the show, we're <laughs> also like, it's the, it's the playoffs and playoffs. It's also like if, if, <laughs> if he's going to, if Mahomes is going to like try to like force volume to someone in this game, I probably stuff it in the Travis Kelsey's belly as much as he can. Um, so that probably helps it too. Like he knows what's happening in key moments. Again, with some of these just jabronis on the outside, it's gone very poorly 
So that would be part of it. Again, like that's not like projection based. That's not, you know, target share based. It's not target per route run based per se. It hasn't gone well for Kelsey, but I think in a spot where the games matter even more, it's probably getting fed a little bit more, Jim. What do you think? Well, I think that the interesting thing here is in that first matchup uh, in Germany, it seemed like they were super keyed in on Kelsey. The Miami defense was, but like, do they feel like they need to do that now with the way things have gone? So like he may actually benefit from the dustiness um, in a very weird way if they decide like, nah, we're good. Um, and like, I think that with, with Pacheco running as well as he has recently, it could allocate, it's a Vic Fangio defense. So they're never going to like allocate a ton of resources towards stopping the run, but maybe they shift a bit more that direction given the weather and stuff so i could see it i'm not going to bet it myself uh but I, I could see the path to it for kelsey at least yeah i'd be a little bit more worried like so they haven't done a lot of like shadowing with jalen ramsey this season uh but if they happen to like if Xavier howard was healthy maybe they'd be willing to do that but he's not so like i think it's going to be really hard for them to justify shadowing jalen ramsey who also like is a little bit um so like you know it could be a dust ball battle out there but like you know, I don't know. It's it's that's probably not happening. He's probably not getting all that attention. But yeah, I think it's it's uh, an interesting look. And I think Connor, you're right. Like you probably kick yourself either way, regardless of you know if it falls short or if it hits. You're like, damn, why didn't I hit fifty six and a half? Like halftime, first half line is <laughs> Yeah, right. Every yeah. time it's third down and six, they get like an eight yard completion to Kelsey, and you're going to be like, oh shit, this is obvious. But yeah. Ah, is what it is. You know, hindsight analysis doesn't always work. Uh, let's see here. MBS is running wind sprints. Yeah, he sucks. That's all he does is run cardio. Um, <laughs> Baker absolutely feeds Evans, so the underception scares me. I mean, yeah, it's definitely possible slash true. But at the same time, I think that when you're getting the plus odds at such good value that like fun correlate parlay, um, I think that kind of is the point of it. Like it's not going to be a favored play because it's like 17 to 1. So, yeah. Yeah, but also, um, I mean, let's look at look look here real quick. He's been feeding him, right? Last two games, three receptions, three receptions, uh, seven receptions, four, one. Like so, these he's he's topped uh, five and a half receptions once in December uh, since December. So, like again, big plays. You know, eighty six yards, uh, one hundred sixty two, one four. Like so we we see these games from him. So I get it, but it's. Uh, it's kind of baked in. We're getting we're getting paid for it in a way we probably shouldn't be with these uh, inversely correlated parlays. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. David is backing Jim's play here. Jameson will have his yards by the third quarter. Uh, shout out to you, David. Yeah, let's, let's hope so. That'd be great. Uh, Jeff Stenberg's trying to sell his tickets live on stream. This is hilarious. Selling my bus <laughs> tickets for anyone's interested. <laughs> Hyundai club seats with parking pass. I guess contact Jeff on Twitter. I don't know where where they would reach you, but that's awesome. I do have a Jeff special though. Um, for anyone with prize picks or vivid Tyler Bass under six and a half kicking points is in my mind, just outrageous. Like I, I think that is crazy because you're looking at a game where 25 mile per hour wins snow, like for you to lose that, he's there to score two field goals and two touchdowns, which I mean, probably not going to even kick two field goals, let alone one. Anytime it's fourth and five or less, the bills are going to go for it. And then, or you need a field goal and four touchdowns. So you're looking at 31 points in this game. Like, I don't know. I've been emptying the clip on this on prize picks. All of my promo funds, all of my <laughs> money that I had saved from the season with season long futures are in on Tyler Bass unders. So um, 
that might be a little crazy. Jim, do you dabble in kicking props at all? I know Noonan doesn't really. He's more of a defensive guy, but you, you ever thought about that at all? I should because I, I care more about the weather than I should, so I should probably translate that to kicker bets, but no, I have not. Uh, I might need to, though, because that sounds outstanding. Yeah, I mean, it's only with like weather stuff. I think there's always – like I was hoping for a longest field goal prop, a longest field goal under like 45, under 47, but uh, I mean, they're too smart. They're not going to post that, but still the kicking points I think is a, a good look. Uh, let's see here. I like it. Unfortunately, I was just going on here too to see if they happen to put uh, Melvin Ingram on uh, on Prize Picks, and they did not. So yeah, they're slow to react. Oh, They'll eventually put everyone on by something, you know, by like just shortly before game time. But yeah, they we did not have a free uh, Prize Picks play with with uh, Ingram. But yeah, I like that, Connor. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun little fun little spot there. I think you combine it with Kadarius Tony under ten and a half receiving yards is a good look. I mean, he was hasn't played. May not even play, but it's limited. Andy Reid said he's going to be limited. I mean, this guy might just like catch a punt and be done. Like, I don't even think he's going to play. Like, he might run five fewer than five routes and he's at 10 and a half receiving yards, which again, you can get burned on one play. You need a thick stomach, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a sick human being and I, I kind of like those unders <laughs> on 10 and a half receiving yards. Uh, let's see here. Josh Allen under passing attempts a lock. Jim, I think you'd, would you agree with that or disagree with that? I mean, I don't know. It's like 28 and a half, 29 and a half. I mean, like they haven't been very pass heavy. And then you combine that with the, with the weather. Um, I don't think anything's a lock, so I can't say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. there's no such thing. Um, <clears throat> so like, I can't go that far. 28 and a half is pretty low. So even though they have been run heavy recently, the weather is what it is. I still feel like that's a stay away from me personally. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So you're, so you're telling me that you're not going to be tweeting out, uh, you know, lock in all caps and then a, a play with uh, uh, my skin crawls analysis. every time that I see it, like a <laughs> visceral reaction every single time. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. We've been pretty vocal about that on the show. It's, uh, you know, like I just hear the responsible gaming, like ad reads in my head. Every time I hear the word lock, <laughs> it's like gambling problem. Call uh, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, you know, yeah. bust them all out. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's so good. Um, awesome. I right, see so we got Michael. Any good ways to play CD Lamb? Great spot. Yeah, I think it's just alts. We talked touched on that. Uh, let's see here. Last five of six, I believe Love has gone under his passing total, but Packers should be down all game. Uh, and then we have him saying Packers will get ass pounded at Dallas. I think we have disagreements there, David, on that. But uh we I, you know, I think Jim, do you think that would you take him plus seven too, or like to win, or are you just uh just I have, the overs. I have seven and a half and I have okay. the money line. Um, so I didn't want to publish. I, I mean, I talked about it on Monday, I guess <laughs> on my show, but like, I didn't talk about the yeah. money line there, but I, I, if we're being honest, I, this is the trust tree, right? I can be honest right. about my uh, Packers money line ticket. Dave, yeah, we have plus seven and a half. I think I know I do. I think we talk. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So we're, we're good. Asa pounded. Was he, is he Italian? Ah. Is this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Michael in your defense to over two fifty and seven, the last nine games got past a slow, weird start to the season and figure something out. I totally agree. He's looked really good in a lot of games. I mean, he's not it was our handicap but... for the, yeah, it was our cap for the entire season, right? Connor, like, we, like yeah. first year really as a starter, every single pass catcher, except what, like, Degora is like in like there is a first or second year guy. So like that's not even doesn't even count. But like is the all these guys are young. Like it's it makes sense that they've kind of come into their own. So I understand if you think that they're gonna go to Dallas and get boat raced. Dallas has done that to a lot of teams this season at home. Usually bad teams. I don't really think that that's what this version of the Packers team is. I mean, I, I'm with Connor. I think the over is probably the best play because there's no scenario really where I think the Packers cover and this doesn't uh, you don't see a, a ton of points. But yeah, seven and a half. I feel I, I like having that ticket. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, let's see here. We got Jeff Lance and his kick, kicker props undefeated. I'm getting cocky. Parlaying Elliott plus 110, Carlson plus 125 to both make over one and a half field goals. I don't think that Jeff has dropped a loser in the chat all season. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Uh, you know, I've tailed a couple here and there, um, but mm -hmm. I gave you my kicker prop of the week already. Uh, this is an interesting one here between Cup and Puka. Jim, any thoughts there? Uh, over five and a half receptions for both, either. I kind of like both. I think you can play either are valuable, but any like leans on either one? So my one worry with that would be uh, that Demarcus Robinson's been getting a lot of work. Like he's actually earning targets at a decent clip now that he's been playing. If you look at the games uh, with Robinson playing a lot and with Higby playing, uh, Puka's target share is 26% and Cup is 24%. Like that's a good chunk below their season long numbers. So that would give me a bit of pause is that weirdly Demarcus Robinson is earning targets. So somehow I am now concerned about uh, a couple things with them. So I didn't expect to say that in 2024, but here we are. Here's the answer. You go to FanDuel and you bet on Matthew Stafford over 23 there and a half. <laughs> Uh, I, I wanted to bet it. I want actually was going to talk about it on the show. It's on my list. It's kind of steamed out elsewhere. FanDuel is kind of like lone wolf right now in the market, holding it at minus 114 to 23 and a half, 24 and a half at some spots. Like DraftKings is like minus 130, 135. So, yeah, I like, I like, uh, even because we've talked about it, right? We talked about it again. Like the Rams, surprisingly, as much as they throw the football, they have a pretty strong like run lean. Uh, when they get up, they love to run the football. It's kind of tough to do against the Lions, but like, I, even if we don't have the volume from Stafford, because I was trying to play around with attempts, I think he could be really efficient in this spot. So I was trying to go for Kyron unders because of that. Mm -hmm. And like, I Got looked at hand. like you just look at the game log and it's like, nope, I'm good. Like, yeah, like they've they've not only been running, but like they've been efficient. So like, even though it's a a bad matchup, like I couldn't. I, I tried to, to to talk myself into unders there, but I couldn't. Yeah, and if uh, you like the Rams, I think that's a bad a bad play too because of the way right. the volume we could expect. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I was looking at. I mean, it opened in like the well, I got a ninety two at Prize Picks at open, and then it was like hovering in the high eighties, and I was like, okay, maybe I should consider this. Started digging more. By the time I got around to it was like eighty two, and I'm like, I'll oh, forget it. Like at this point, I mean, he's going to see seventeen, eighteen carries. Just you know, like how efficient he is there. Um, cool. And then Shark Burners, what's up, four four guys? Great to be here. Awesome show. Thanks, Shark Burners. Appreciate you um jmd two-point conversion attempt in pit buffalo plus 155 i kind of like this this is fun yeah yeah just to get I one mean, attempt like one one two-point conversion attempt not even not even conversion attempt uh jmd right. where's that at uh yeah what's the what book jay yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's probably going to be like some random you know offshore or whatever but hey you know no uh no shame there wherever you can make money you can make money uh let's see here we got um, we talked about Puka versus Cup. Singletary under 65 and a half rushing yards. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. His right. role is so good. Like it is. They, they yeah. Yeah. They didn't even use Pierce at all last week. Like, like he he's been so good that I've stopped calling him Devin Single Digits. Um, and like <laughs> it broke my heart because I love that nickname. So I I think his role is great. So I I've stopped hating on him, and that's a tragic, tragic turn of events there. Yeah, motor. You know he's been playing pretty well. The you know they're running a little bit more. Um, like they are, they were weirdly and have been skewing run heavy on like first and second down, and then just letting Stroud bail them mm -hmm. out. Hoping they don't do that this week. But it we'll happened see. like I sixteen mean, times in the indie game. It was so frustrating. Like because I I had like the Texans just like they made me like it was unnecessary anxiety. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. When they bombed that first one, Nico Collins, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be sick. You yeah. know, they're gonna win by like 40. And then they just kept running with Singletary for like two yards, and then it'd be like an eight-yard completion to Nico. I'm like, what what are we doing here? You know, like this guy could have 400 yards today. Um, all right. So Singletary under is like kind of a you know, maybe I think he's the, the usage is too good, probably. And then let's see here. Last couple, David Atkins said Eagles to take Evans away. Godwin might be better bet. Not really sure the Eagles can take Evans away, uh, to be entirely honest, but I do think Godwin's a good bet regardless. I think you could bet on either of them. Uh, would you, Noonan, would you agree there? Yeah, I haven't seen the Eagles take anything away uh, for, for a very long time. So um, maybe they can schematically try that this game. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I have no problem with either. Nice. Um, all right, JMD, only place I found for the two-point conversion bet was BetMGM. You know, I mean, hey. If I can't get them down with a couple of bucks, I'm not even gonna open the app. But you know, if you can, I think it's a pretty solid look. Um, and then let's see here. Michael Yunker, this is a good question. Do you think weather is having too much of an influence on how we view player props for indoor games, just normal playing environments, but seems like they're getting labeled as all smash spots? Um, I'll give my take real quick. I think that partially that might be true as like kind of like a you know anchoring from the outside games. But I also do think that like Rams, Lions, both their defenses are really suspect and they have two quarterbacks can execute. And then the other side, like, you know, some other indoor games, kind of the same thing there. Uh, would you guys agree? Yeah. I mean, looking at those two games specifically, like um, I, for my totals model, like I almost never get to high totals when there's a tight spread um, just because it's not super correlated well there. But like for the Dallas Green Bay game, I have the total of 49 and a half. So like way up there for me, I know it's not, I'm not betting it over, but like it's up there. And then uh, for Detroit and the Rams, uh, 48.8. So like leaning towards unders and the actual totals, but those are really high totals for my model, uh, given where the spreads are at. So I think that it's proper to be high on those spots just because like wind does matter a lot for this kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I get it probably a little bit, but not, I mean, we're trying to isolate the way we break these games down independently. Like when we're handicapping, um, you know, Detroit and the Rams, it's uh, doesn't, you know, my thoughts of what's going on in Buffalo, not part of the handicap at all. So um, I think it's a fair question though, like in terms of where the prop market is and we want to chase overs in those spots, but I think that it just kind of ripe for the picking in terms of uh, the matchups there. So, yeah. Yeah. JMD got down 36 bucks. Nice. I mean, you probably went 50 off that at 60. So, hey, hey plus 155, bud. it's okay. Yeah. No unit shaming here, you know, Hey, whatever, yeah, hey. you know, buy you a couple lunches, uh, you know, in, the, in this day and age, but sweet. Awesome. Well, that was all the questions we had. Um, that was great. Love it. Jim, really appreciate you filling in. Uh, stay warm this week. Let the folks know where they can find you and all your stuff. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Jim Sonis. Uh, we have a betting podcast five days a week called Covering the Spread over at FanDuel Research. And, uh, you know, just talking props, talking sides, totals, and stuff like that. It's a fun time. I appreciate both of you having me on. It was uh, good to chop it up for a bit. Love it. Yeah, I know. I know Gadula's got you set with all the extra, you know, golf data and stuff. But you know, let's let's talk. Hey, we'll, JT uh, Poston's rallying, man. We're in a better mood now than we were when. Oh, we Poston rallying. He's five under for today, so we're good. Oh, we're good. baby, I got. We are alive. alive I got Poston top ten, so we're good. Let's 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 ride. Poston was my shortest outright of the week. I love 40, it. Before we get open, so yeah, we're still cooking. I gave Connor these bets. I don't know if Connor tailed any of the bets. But, you know, he got the screenshot this week of the card. So we'll see. Did I? Um, I didn't tell him. I I, I didn't. I must have missed that one. <laughs> I love the honesty, at least. <laughs> I do, too. I appreciate it. So, all right. Uh, don't forget to uh, hit the thumbs up. Subscribe on your way out the door. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll be back to talk uh, all this next week as well. 
uh, Wednesday for the game preview and Friday again for props. So for Connor and Jim, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all next time. Thanks, everybody.